Relent, weary traveller, relent! The publishers cannot be held responsible for the mind-bending horrors that await you on the Gatsby on Goosebumps podcast! to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single one of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps books from the original series. Today we discover why male librarians are not to be trusted, as if we needed an explanation, in Goosebumps number 8, The Girl Who Cried Monster. Quick look at the classic Tim Jacobus cover out there. I really, really like this cover. Um, it's certainly not too much. Uh, you can tell there's something wrong with the man in that picture there, but you're not sure if he's a monster or perhaps a pedophile, um, judging by that expression on his face. And he's looking at that fly like it's a delicious treat, which uh, both monsters and pedophiles do. I always thought the woman at the back looks like she's 30, more than 12, but I dare say I couldn't draw a better 12 year old. Not that I would have any reason to. Tagline is, she's got the monster of all problems. Monster is in italics. And the blurb reads as follows. She's telling the truth, but no one believes her. Lucy likes to tell monster stories. She's told so many that her friends and family are sick of it. Then one day, Lucy discovers a real, live monster. The librarian in charge of the summer reading program. What? Too bad Lucy's told so many monster tall tales. Too bad no one believes a word she says. Too bad the monster knows who she is and is coming after her next. It's a story uh, effective in its simplicity. Lucy tells a lot of monster stories, so when she finally discovers the school librarian is a monster, no one believes her. One day when she's staying back late at the library um, and the librarian thinks he's alone, he sort of changes into a, uh, well, a monster. Um, and he starts eating uh, the flies that he keeps on his desk um, to feed his pet turtles. It's a gross, but it's really a uh, really good scene. Essentially, the story follows Lucy trying to get proof and trying to get people to believe that the librarian is indeed a monster, which of course no one's going to. It's quite similar to The Boy Who Cried Wolf, actually. Do you think that's intentional? Do you think that's why it's The Girl Who Cried Monster? Could just be a coincidence. It's probably a coincidence. She stays behind the library again in an attempt to get a picture of him, but of course he doesn't show up in the developed photo because that's a monster power, almost getting devoured in the process. And um, there's a great scene in which he stops by her house to return her backpack that she left at the library. And she knows he's a monster, but we don't know if he knows that she knows he's a monster. Eventually, after a couple of close calls, her good friend Randy also sees Mr. Mortman as the monster, and um, that this is enough to finally convince her parents. Their solution? They're going to invite him round for dinner. Story ends with Mr. Mortman coming round to Lucy's house for dinner, at which point her parents uh, devour him. The twist ending is her parents were also monsters, which she was aware of all along, but the reader certainly wasn't. It's a very, very uh, simple and very classic Goosebumps twist, but it works. It doesn't throw in any new rules about monsters or any strange lore that is just made up in the last two pages, which is present in some other Goosebumps books. I think that's got to be the quickest 
plot synopsis I've ever done on this series. But as I said before, it's effective because it's a simple story. And I really like it. I think this is a really, really good book in the series. You have a protagonist who is perhaps suffering the consequences of a uh, flawed personality. She always has told monster stories, and now it's coming back to bite her in the ass. Um, and also just the uh, description of Mr. Mortman as the monster, even before he's in his monster form, is really, it's quite intriguing. You know, he's this short little bald man with wet hands and, you know, beady little eyes. There's something off about him even before he's a monster, and I think it works really well. I think the most gruesome and appealing parts of the story is when you get Mr. Mortman in his monster form uh, eating things. He shovels down handfuls of flies like candy. He eats one of his pet turtles. Um, they see him in his house uh, eating things from his aquarium, like he eats like a snail and like an eel. It's really gross, and it I don't paint a really good picture. I'm not sure what else you can put in a children's book to make your reader know that a monster is gross, but it really works, eating turtles and eels and stuff and describing it and the sounds it makes when they eat it. It's really effective. I like it. The twist ending is, I think, typical of Goosebumps, and that's why I really like it. It's, it's really good. It literally appears in the last two pages, as all good twist endings should. Often the best way to create the horror in these books is to uh, put the protagonist in a unsettling situation, which I think definitely appears in this one. It's really good, and it works It works very well. There's some great moments of tension and some great gross-out moments, as I've discussed. That's all you really want from one of these books. In all, a very good Goosebumps book, definitely one of the best um, I've found since rereading, and highly recommended. Thank you for watching. Please join me next week in which I discuss Goosebumps number 9. Welcome to Camp Nightmare, and as always, please stay... Spooky.